Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Poor Report, with your host, Andrew Poor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 26 of The Poor Report. I am your host, Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me here today. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to episode 25, which was about the shooting in Parkland, Florida at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. That was exclusively about about that, so you can go back and listen to that if you want some information specifically related to this. This episode is a follow-up to that episode, and this has more about the gun control debate in general. Um, and I'm going to kind of follow up on some stuff that I had pulled out from last week and then kind of get into it. Before I really get into that, I want to kind of talk about some stuff going on with me. Um, for those of you who are not... Um, don't really follow me on social media and stuff like that. Uh, over the weekend, I had a birthday, so I am now 28, which is kind of crazy, and I've been doing the show for over six months now, so another exciting milestone there. And there's some uh, great stuff going along with the network, and I got to see four of the nine Best Picture nominated films, which I'll get into on Foodies, which you'll hear tomorrow which will be exciting um so i'm looking forward to talking about that and hearing you guys see what you guys think and i'll get everything prepped for our oscars foodies watching movies episode so if you want to go to uh foodies watching movies on our social media or check out the website you can look at uh some of our other episodes about that which if you're a movie fan in addition to being a fan of current news then yeah definitely check that out i know it's uh it's me uh nate who's co-host on Journey to Comics, and Veronica, and Lauren, we kind of dive into movies and food and all that fun stuff, so definitely check that out when you get a chance. But I guess jumping right in, because I know it's going to come up later, there's an article I pulled in prep for last week's episode regarding what is now a year-old article, which is Trump signs bill revoking Obama-era gun checks for people with mental illness. So I know it came up a lot around this shooting and recent shootings involving um, not being necessarily guns fault, it's people that are mentally disturbed or have other mental issues that are causing these, and it's not directly a gun issue. So this is kind of a follow-up. This is kind of just an article about that. So uh, President Donald Trump quietly... Signed bill into law Tuesday rolling back an Obama-era regulation that made it harder for people with mental illness to purchase a gun. The rule, which was finalized in December, added people receiving Social Security checks for mental illness and people deemed unfit to handle their own financial affairs to the National Background Check database. Had the rule fully taken effect, the Obama administration predicted that it would have added about 75,000 names to that database. President Barack Obama recommended the now nullified regulation in a 2013 memo following the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School, which left 20 first graders and six others dead. The measure sought to block some people with severe mental health problems from buying guns. 
The original rule was hotly contested by gun rights activists who said it infringed on America's Second Amendment rights. Gun control advocates, however, praised the rule for curbing the availability of firearms to those who may not use them with the right intentions. Trump signed the bill into law without a photo op or fanfare. The president welcomed cameras into the Oval Office Tuesday for the signing of other executive orders and bills. News that the president signed the bill was tucked at the bottom of the White House email alert pressed to other legislation signed by the president. The National Rifle Association, or NRA, applauded Trump's action. Chris Cox, NRA-ILA executive director, said the move marks a new era for law-abiding gun owners as we now have a president who respects and supports our arms. Uh, Senator Chris Murphy, uh, the Democrat from Connecticut, a leading gun control advocate in Congress, called out Republicans over the move. He said, uh, Republicans always say we don't need new gun laws, we just need to enforce the laws already on the books, but the bill signed into law today undermines efforts of existing laws that Congress passed to make sure the background check system had complete information. So that really gets us into kind of what we're talking about today, which is a lot involving the gun control debate and basically a lot of stuff that's been going on uh, since the Parkland shooting took place and the what's been going on with uh, some of the students coming forward and speak honestly and not kind of... S- disappearing back into the shadows like previous shootings have led us to believe. Um, This is something I found uh, through Facebook a few days ago, kind of the middle of last week, and I don't remember who shared it. I think it was a share of a share of a share, so it's kind of a a train back, but I kind of want to dive into this now because I thought it was kind of interesting in my read-through of it. So it's basically um, someone sharing their brother's letter to their mom regarding the gun control debate and some arguments and counter arguments. So here it is. Uh, completely agree with the sentiment here, mom. However, in order to make educated arguments for gun control, it's important to actually know what you're proposing and use the right language. Otherwise, you'll just get completely shut down as not knowing anything about guns to people you're trying to convince. If you don't know anything about guns, you can't really advocate for responsible gun policy. AR-15s are not the problem alone. Yes, it's the most popular military-style rifle, and it's designed to kill people effectively. But banning one model of weapon will just make people switch to other equally effective killing machines. If you ban the Toyota Camry, which people would people stop buying mid-size sedans? No, you just end up with the more Honda Accords on the road. If you want to fix the problem, you have to ban all semi-automatic rifles. Semi-automatic means the weapon is loaded with a magazine or belt in some cases with multiple rounds, and for every trigger squeeze, one bullet is discharged. There's no real need for this weapon in civilian use. There aren't necessary for hunting, where the point is to kill the animal with one shot. It is only useful for killing a lot of things in a short amount of time or having fun at a gun range. I think our children's lives are more important than a fraction of the population's fun shooting a bunch of rounds quickly at a range they'll cope. Handguns are far more responsible for gun deaths in America than semi-automatic rifles. You mentioned the kid who brought a gun to school as only having a handgun, not a semi-automatic. Well, almost all handguns are semi-automatic. They have magazines and one bullet per trigger squeeze. Though most handguns rounds aren't as deadly as rifle rounds, it is inconsequential at short range. And handguns are far easier to conceal than a rifle, with the exception of maybe revolvers, which have five to six round max before reloading. I believe handguns should be outlawed. The Virginia Tech Massacre, the most deadly School shooting in American history was accomplished with handguns only. Don't underestimate their lethality. I think military-style rifles only account for about 2% of gun deaths each year. If you want to solve the problem, semi-auto handguns have to go as well. If you really want to make a difference in gun deaths, we need to do way more than universal background checks and better health screenings. 
Better mental health screenings. Banning all semi-automatic weapons would make the difference. Keeping shotguns, revolvers, and bolt-action rifles legal accomplish all the typical common use of guns. Bolt-action rifles are typical hunting rifles that have to be reloaded between shots. With these types of firearms legal, you can still hunt, defend your home, and compete in short shooting. Sport shooting, sorry. A couple points he makes here. Combine the following with the semi-auto ban. Government buyback program of all semi-automatic weapons. Once a grace period for turn-ins ends, possession will be a felony without a special and rare license for federally approved dealers and collectors. Gun licenses for all who want to continue to own approved firearms. License will be granted by completing a comprehensive background check, psych evaluation, safety training, marksmanship training, and meeting strict storage requirements. Storage requirements would include safes, weapons unloaded, with ammo stored separately. License expire after a certain number of years, and all the requirements must be completed again for license renewal. Uh, registration of all firearms. Insurance for all firearms. If your gun is used in a crime or if there's an accident with your gun, your insurance company is liable for the damages. Let the insurance market set rates based on their analysis of risk, then people can decide if it's financially worth it to own a gun. Finally, here's your counter-argument for the most common pro-gun arguments. Pro-gun argument. Assault weapons aren't an actual thing. Banning them won't make a difference. The counter-argument? None. This is true. Classifying a gun as an assault weapon is something people who know nothing about guns do. Having a bayonet stud, a place amount of bayonet, used to be one way to classify a gun as an assault weapon. Last I checked... We don't have a bayonet problem in this country. Talk about banning semi-auto guns instead of made-up things like assault weapons. Uh, Pro-gun argument. Second Amendment guarantees my right to bear arms. Counter-argument. Sure it does, but there can be limitations. And in case anyone needs a history lesson, the individual right to bear arms has only existed since 2008. From the adoption of the Constitution until the DCV Heller's decision in 2008, the Second Amendment has never been interpreted to mean private citizens have a right to own guns. Thanks, Scalia. Um, but that decision is now the law of the land and precedent for future court decisions. Nevertheless, even in Scalia's ma majority opinion, he asserts that there are limitations to the Second Amendment. When weapons allowed should be those in common use at the time, and limitations should be made on dangerous and unusual weapons per previous precedent in United States v. Miller. I argue that semi-auto firearms should not be considered a dangerous and unusual given their lethality. Pro-gun argument. If law-abiding citizens get rid of their guns, criminals won't follow the law and will be in more danger. Counter-argument. This is an argument against having laws. Since criminals don't follow the law, there should be no limits on anything. Also, when do we outlaw things? It can work. Purchase of large quantities of ammonia nitrate fertilizer was restricted after the Oklahoma City bombing. There hasn't been a similar bonding since. We've outlawed fully automatic weapons, grenades, rocket launchers, etc. in the 20th century. And what has happened, we don't see violence with those types of weapons. Most weapons used to commit crimes are purchased lawfully. If we change the laws, it will work to reduce gun deaths. Pro-gun argument. If we ban guns, people will just use knives or baseball bats. Counter-argument. There are plenty of incidents around the world of mass stabbings or clubbings, etc. Show me one that is, is as lethal as a mass shooting. Pro-gun argument. We need armed security guards in every school. Counter-argument. Do you trust the security guard won't become a mass shooter? The Texas church shooter was an Air Force veteran. The Pulse nightclub shooter was a security guard. Further, it's relatively easy to get the drop on a security guard. Shoot him first when he's unexpected and then keep going. That's what the Pulse nightclub shooter did. It's not difficult if you draw first. Columbine had armed security too. Adding more guns to schools adds more risk. It doesn't reduce it. 
pro-gun argument. It's a mental health issue, not a gun issue, or guns don't kill people. People kill people. Counter-argument. The United States has the same rates of mental illness as other developed Western countries, but we're the only ones with this type of violence. The mentally ill are actively less likely to commit crime than those who aren't mentally ill, which many find surprising. Also, those who are mentally ill are more likely to become the victim of a crime than those who don't have mental illness. It's a common refrain to hear anyone who would do that must be crazy. That's not true. Being a murderer doesn't actually mean you are mentally ill, which is why you hardly ever see successful insanity defenses in trials. And if people kill people, then we really should stop giving all these people guns, right? We don't allow private F-22s or nuclear t weapons, do we? Why? Because people would use them to kill other people. People use people-killing machines to kill people. Go figure. Pro-gun argument. We, as a society, have turned our backs on God. This is why crime is getting worse. We need God slash Jesus to heal people's hearts, not get rid of law-abiding citizens' guns. Counter-argument. Crime has actually decreased overall in recent decades. Things are getting better, not worse. Murder rates and violent crime overall have trended down as we've advanced as a society. Mass shootings have remained steady, though, because angry people have easy access to guns. Pro-gun argument. We need guns to fight against the government in case it becomes tyrannical. Counter-argument. I doubt semi-auto weapons will defeat a tyrannical government with fighter jets, bombers, tanks, artillery, drones, advanced cyber capabilities, and nuclear weapons. Pro-gun argument. Gun registration will make it easier for the government to disarm us. Counter-argument. The registration is necessary to keep track of deadly weapons in case they are used in a crime, or in case of a law-abiding citizen commits a crime that revokes their right to guns. That's over 300 million privately owned guns in America. If the government wanted to take everyone's guns, they'd do it the same way they would if there wasn't a registry, by going door-to-door -door and searching everywhere. I truly believe we need to do far more than anything advocated by most mainstream gun control organizations like Every Town and Moms Demand Action. We need to follow the lead of countries like the UK, Australia, and Canada, they figured it out. Why can't we? Now, this is actually a very interesting uh, letter. And I think a lot of them have made really good points. I think if anyone wants, I can post this on my Facebook page. I, I don't have the source. I'd have to dig back through my Facebook and see who shared it to who. But uh, I can throw the text up there so I have it saved in a Word document for this show. And I guess I'll, that was kind of stuff that's kind of left over from last week's episode and now kind of moving on to stuff that's kind of developed since i recorded which is a couple interesting things here uh one uh 18 school shootings so far in 2018 now you've heard this probably splashed around in news headlines since the parkland shooting and it's actually kind of a false statement it is true in a sense but it's not true in the way you're probably thinking this is from uh every town which i talked about in his letter that i just read here's kind of a quote that i pulled regarding the 18 school shootings just five of every town's 18 school shootings listed for 2018 happened during school hours and resulted in any physical injury another three appeared to be intentional shootings but didn't hurt anyone Two more involved guns were carried by a pol school police officer, and the other led a licensed peace officer who ran a college club that were unintentionally fired and, again, led to no injuries. At least seven of, eight, uh, seven of every town's 18 shootings took place outside normal school hours. So, I kind of read into this because I was kind of curious about every town's website and what they listed, and some of it went as far as, if I had a gun... And at two in the morning, went to the school or went to school grounds 
and shot my gun into the parking lot, it would be considered a school shooting because it was discharging a firearm on school premises. It doesn't matter that it was outside school hours. doesn't matter that there was no one there. doesn't matter that I wasn't targeting a person. It's still classified as a school shooting by the definition that it uses. So that's kind of a thing. So really there have been, uh, according to this, five school shootings that happened during school hours and resulted in any physical injury. Still, that's five in 2018, where we've only had almost 50, or almost 60 days. So it's still a lot, but it's not 18. Yes, there have been 18 technical school shootings, but not by a definition that most people hear when they think of school shooting. Uh, another thing that kind of annoyed me was this thing that's running around involving what people are calling, which is crisis actors. Now... A crisis actor is someone who's hired by some entity or organization to play the victim and make the headlines. It's kind of like the same way as like when during the campaign when they were talking about how protesters were hired to protest. It's kind of the same idea. They're, they're hired to stir things up. So what came out was uh, David Hogg, or this is one of the conspiracies came up. David Hogg, a student journalist who documented the shootings as they happened was a crisis actor. Someone who didn't even attend Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. He and several other students, quote, uh, speaking out about the need for legislative action on guns were plants by gun control advocates. Professional rabble-rousers aimed to take political advantage of a tragedy. Um, both kids in the picture are not students here, but actors that travel to various cities when they happen. An aide to state rep... Sean Harrison told the Tampa Bay Times' Alex Leary on Tuesday that aid was later fired. Or the students were plants of the FBI because Hogg's father is a retired FBI agent. Why would the child and FBI agent be used as a pawn for anti-Trump rhetoric and anti-gun legislation? This was a quote asked the conservative blog Gateway Pundit. Because the FBI is only looking to curb your constitutional rights and increase their power. We've seen similar moves by them many times over. This is just another disgusting example of it. Or Hogg and his classmates are simply being used by national liberal groups to forward the long-time goal of limiting the rights of gun owners. Do we really think, and I say this sincerely, do we really think 17-year-olds on their own are going to plan a na nationwide rally, said former Georgia Republican Rep. Jack Kingston in an interview with CNN's New Day on Tuesday. Not today, last Tuesday. None of these theories are true. Hogg, as confirmed by Broward County School Superintendent Robert Runcie, is a student at Ma uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. That his father is a retired FBI agent is an interesting but largely irrelevant fact. There's simply no evidence that George Soros, or as Kingston suggested, or any other major liberal activist or donor was involved in organizing the trip the students took to Tallahassee on Tuesday night, or the National Rally for Gun Control being planned for next month. The lack of verifiable facts to prop up these conspiracy theories have has done little to stop their spread. However, as Michael Grinbaum notes in a terrific piece for the New York Times, in written posts and YouTube videos, one of which had more than 100,000 views as of Tuesday night, Gateway Pundit has argued that Mr. Hogg had been coached on what to say during his interviews. The notion that Mr. Hogg is merely protecting his father dovetails with a broader right-wing trope that liberal forces in the FBI are trying to undermine President Trump and his, so his pro-Second Amendment supporters. Wow, that just seems to be reaching. It seems like people want to find an excuse. I mean, it's fantastic and surprising and astronomical that 
these kids, after going through such a tragedy, have mobilized and got a whole movement behind them. I mean, there's there's some of these kids on Twitter now that have more followers than celebrities and political figures because they're not just slipping into the shadows after a tragedy. They're not just hiding from the press. They're getting right in it. They're mobilizing. They're going to D.C. They're going to the State House in Florida. They're taking action and trying to organize a plan for the future to prevent this from happening again. And I applaud them. And it just seems crazy that people on social media or people are trying to belittle them or make up conspiracy theories or something to try and take them down a peg just for speaking out about something that's been kind of horrific. And really, which leads me to my next thing. So there was a town hall last week that the students attended and there was reps there like Marco Rubio. And I have two articles out there I'm going to kind of read about now. The article is actually called Rubio Grilled by Parkland's Uh, shooting students slash parents with heavy hearts and a fierce determination to prevent the next school shooting students from marjorie stoneman douglas high school came face to face with the national rifle association and florida's two u.s senators during a town hall wednesday night one week after the gunman massacred 17 people at their school the event hosted by cnn and attended by more than 7,000 students parents legislators and community members opened with a video montage honoring the 14 students, two school staffers, and one teacher killed in the February 14th shooting in Parkland, Florida. Moderator Jake Tapper opened the floor to questions for Senators Marco Rubio, Republican, and Bill Nelson, a Democrat, as well as Rep. Ted uh, Deutsch uh, from Florida. Rubio bore the brunt of the anger, engaging in searing confrontations with parents of victims and survivors of last week's shooting. Uh, your commitment this week and those of our president have been pathetically weak, said Fred uh, Gutenberg, whose 14-year-old daughter, Jamie, was killed in the shooting. A stone-faced Ruby responded that the issue can't be solved with gun laws alone, which prompted boos from the audience. In another heated exchange, Rubio was asked by junior Cameron Kasky, a prominent face among those driving a nascent student movement to strengthen gun laws, whether he would accept a single donation from the NRA going forward. Rubio avoided the question, saying, instead that the NRA buys into my agenda, I don't buy into theirs. Which again evoked jeers. That's that's just a great statement for Rubio to say. Rubio said he supported uh, raising the age limit on rifle purchases to 21 and gun violence restraining orders. But he repeatedly stressed the issue of, of gun control is complex. Both Nelson and Deutsch said they supported a total ban on assault weapons. The NRA, the nation's largest pro-gun organization, was represented by spokeswoman Dana Loesch, who pointed the finger at lax reporting by states to a gun database system, the lack of federally mandated standard, and missed red flags by law enforcement on potentially dangerous people. We have to bet... We have to have better protocol to follow up on those red flags, Loesch said. We have to follow up on protocol and why... Are the states not complying with this law? She maintained that a deranged person, the suspect in the massacre, should have never gotten a gun if he had followed the rules and if good guys with guns were there to protect the students. Tapper noted that President Donald Trump and Florida Governor Rick Scott both declined invitations to attend the town hall, but the panelists still discussed Trump suggesting during a meeting with relatives and friends of victims earlier in the day that arming teachers could prevent school shootings. And I'll get into more on that later. Um, All three legislators said they disagreed with Trump, Nelson called it a terrible idea. Early in the day, thousands of students, including some from Stoneman Douglas, protested in front of Florida's old capital in Tallahassee after the state legislature voted down a bill to ban purchase of assault rifles, like the one the Florida gunman used. 
why do we have to be the ones to do this? Uh, Stoneman Douglas Sr. Ryan uh, Deach, who was hiding in a closet during the attack, said at the town hall, why do we have to march on Washington just to save innocent lives? The town hall is also attended by Sheriff Scott Israel of Broward County, where Marjorie Stoneman Douglas is located. He asked lawmakers to give law enforcement officers more power to take guns away from dangerous people and said deputies would now be armed with rifles in Broward County schools. The night ended with Max Schachter, who lost his 14-year-old son Alex, reading a poem written by the teen comparing life to a roller coaster. It may be too much for you at times, the twists, the turns, the upside down, he read. But you get back up, you keep chugging along, eventually it comes to a stop. You won't know when or how, but you will know that it'll be time to get off and start anew. Kind of a powerful uh, poem there. And here's another article kind of going over the same event. It just covered a little bit of different information. So I kind of want to touch on that. Florida Senator Marco Rubio said he would support raising the age limit to 21 for those wanting to purchase AR-15 style rifles. If you are 18 years of age, you should not be able to buy a rifle. Rubio told, uh, Rubio said at the CNN town hall meeting Wednesday night, I will support a law that makes, that takes that right away. Um, Rubio, who has an A-plus rating from the National Rifle Association, said he does not support arming teachers, but does support background check regulation reform. Now, for those who don't know, the rating system for uh, senators and other representatives is kind of like a regular grade book. Uh, F through A, pluses and minuses. So basically, if you're... Most Democrats, if they've sent in paperwork, are either... Um, a question mark meaning there's not a good stance for them, or they're an F or D or however they fall on that. And if most Republicans, especially like Marco Rubio, are A+, plus, meaning they support the right to bear arms and they are supportive of the NRA and the NRA's mission and all of that. So that's the rating for those who really don't know, and you can kind of look into more on that on their information or through just searching uh, NRA uh, ratings. Um, Rubio also said he was reconsidering his position on high-capacity magazines. I'll tell you why, he said, because while it may not prevent an attack, it may save lives in an attack. Which is true. Uh, the comments represent a softening for a lawmaker whom the NRA has endorsed and praised as someone who has vigorously fought to promote and defend the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, one week after the deadly shooting at a high school in Parkland, Florida, that killed 17 people, lawmakers and a representative of the NRA faced tough questions from students, teachers, and parents at a CNN town hall meeting to discuss how to present such tragedies in the future. Um, just look to make sure I didn't uh, miss anything here. Uh, here we go. Um, this is also from Cameron Kasky, the junior who had I talked about in the previous article. He said, Senator Rubio, can you tell me um, right now that you will not accept a single donation from the NRA? Rubio's response did not appear to satisfy the audience. These positions I hold on the Second Amendment I've held since the day I entered office in the city of West Miami as an elected official. He said, adding, people buy into my agenda. So it's kind of a f more information than what the other article shared about the NRA buying into his agenda and agenda, not the other way around. The Florida Senator also said that it's not the NRA's money that has a large impact on gun policy. The influence of these groups come not from money. The influence comes from the millions of people that agree with the agenda, the millions of Americans that support the NRA. When Senator Nelson was asked by junior Samantha Grady, who was shot twice at the school last week, what he would do to strengthen background checks, he said there are so many other things that can be done, but that when you get right down to it, the gun is what's, what is going to do the killing. 
Nelson added, I've always had guns. I've hunted all of my life. I still hunt with my son, but an AK-47 and an AR-15 is not for hunting. It's for killing. To uh, which furthered uh, Nelson's sentiment, challenging Rubio, who said there were too many loopholes in assault weapons bans. He said, if there is a problem with the assault weapons ban, if there was a problem with the way that was written, if there were too many loopholes for people trying to get around it to utilize, then let's bring up the assault rifle ban and close all the loopholes so we have a bill that keeps people safe. Uh, National Rifle Association spokeswoman Dana Lesh offered the organization's response to the massacre. When asked by Emma Gonzalez, a senior at Major Stoneman Douglas, it is... If it should be harder for people to obtain semi-auto weapons, uh, Loesch focused on the mental state of those purchasing firearms. Speaking about the gunman, uh, Loesch said, I don't believe that this insane monster should have ever been able to obtain a firearm, ever. Loesch said that she spoke for herself and the millions of members of the NRA in saying that none of us support people who are crazy, who are in danger to themselves, who are in danger to others getting their hands on a firearm. The NRA does believe that there is a need to strengthen background checks and for state and federal law enforcement to follow up on red flags, such as social media postings, as a form of prevention. Loish also took aim at what she sees as flaws in the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, citing the fact that states are not federally mandated to report convictions to the system. The spokeswoman argued that last week's shootings, as well as one last November in Sutherland Springs, Texas, could have been prevented by more thorough reporting to the database. In Sutherland Springs, the gunman killed 26 was able to purchase firearms because the Air Force failed to submit his convictions on domestic abuse charges while enlisted. Uh, students, teachers, and parents of victims asked Loesch about the actions the NRA is taking to prevent more school shootings. Leish noted that the NRA supports banning bump stocks and promote safety in schools with its National School Shield program that focuses on improving school security and effort that help prevent national tragedies at educational institutions in America. It's up to the school and the parents of those schools if they choose to use those resources and use those suggestions. If schools want to have armed guards, if they want to have retired military, if they choose if they choose and teachers volunteer to be armed, that's up to each individual school. But they, if they also want a solution that doesn't involve firearms, if they want to talk about checkpoint systems, they want to talk about reinforcing doors, the NRA, our resources are at their disposal, she said. Leish was joined on stage by Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel, who responded to President Trump's comments in which he supported arming teachers with firearms, said, I don't believe teachers should be armed, I believe teachers should teach, but that's exactly what's wrong with this country. When asked about raising the age limit for purchasing firearms, Loesch defends the NRA's position. And one thing they talked about here was arming teachers, which I'm personally against. I think it's opening the door for other problems. If a SWAT team or other police or military enter and they see a person with a gun... They're probably going to shoot first and ask questions later. They don't know that it's necessarily a teacher unless they have a book in their hand with all the pictures that have guns. It's just it's creating more problems. And I think if you're having a teacher use a gun to protect her classroom and then shooting her for having a gun and looking suspicious, and then just creating more problems than solutions. That's my personal opinion, and you're, everyone else is welcome to theirs. Um, so regarding the arming teachers... President Donald Trump suggested Wednesday during a listening session with survivors and family members of school shootings that arming teachers could be one solution to stopping tragedy. An attack has lasted on average about three minutes. It takes five to eight minutes for responders for police to come in. If you had a teacher who was adept at firearms, they could very well end the attack very quickly. Trump said at the event, flanked by two teenage girls who survived the school shooting last week in Parkland, Florida. The good thing about that, you will have a lot of people that would be armed that would be ready. Trump also expressed a desire to strengthen background checks and is reportedly considering raising the age limit to buy certain types of guns. 
Trump also announced on Tuesday that he was signing a memorandum directing Attorney General Jeff Sessions to implement regulations banning bump stocks, modifications that increase the rate of fire for semi-automatic rifles. Six students who survived last week's shooting at Major Soman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, attended the event accompanied by their parents and Christine Hunchofsky, the mayor of Parkland. Two parents who lost their first grade children during the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary in 2012 and founded a gun violence prevention group, Nicole Hockley and Mark Barden, were in attendance. So were students, teachers, and parents from three local Washington, D.C. schools, Thurgood Marshall Academy, Friendship Public Charter School, and Parkmont, some of which recounted their own losses and experiences with gun violence. We want to learn everything we can learn, and starting with starting about two minutes after this meeting, we're going to work. Trump told those in attendance, you're gone through extraordinary pain and we don't want others to go through this kind of pain you've gone through. It wouldn't be right. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders told reporters on Tuesday that the president would be discussing a wide range of issues with those attending the session. One of the things that the president wants to do is make sure that he sits down with a number of people from across all fronts, she said. They want to make sure that we're meeting and talking with as many people that not only are affected, but that play in this process as possible. Trump asked those in attendance what they thought about his suggestion to arm teachers. Some, like Hunter Pollock, whose eight-year-old sister Meadow was killed in the Parkland shooting last week, concurred with Trump's assent. He said having more armed people on campus could have saved his sister's life. But others explicitly disagreed. Rather than arm them with a firearm, I would rather arm them with the knowledge of how to prevent these acts from happening in the first place, said Hockley. Barden, whose wife is a school teacher and could not attend the session, told Trump. Her experiences showed why he was wrong. She has spent more than a decade in the Bronx. She will tell you that school teachers have spent more than enough res- have she will tell you that school teachers have spent more than enough responsibility then to have the awesome responsibility of lethal force to take a life. He said as the room filled with a smattering of applause. Nobody wants to see a shootout in a school and a drained sociopath on his way to commit an act of murder in a school. Knowing the outcome is going to be suicide is not going to care if there is someone there with a gun. That's their plan anyway. And kind of going further into this article, uh, or a separate article about the same topic, uh, fix it and anguish father Andrew Pollack told Trump as he stood and told the story of the murder of his daughter Meadow. It should have been one school shooting and we should have fixed it. I'm pissed. You don't want... To be me. No parent does, said Nicole Hockley, whose six-year-old son was murdered in the 2012 shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary. You have the ability to save lives today. Please don't waste this. She was seated next to Sam Zeef, who text messages with his 14-year-old brother, who was also the Florida shooting school during the shooting, went viral online. On Wednesday, Zeef spoke through tears, saying he not understand why it's so easy to buy an AR-15, the kind of gun used in the Parkland shooting, and many others over the past few years. How is it that, how is it that easy to buy this type of weapon? How have we not stopped this after Columbine, after Sandy Hook? We need to do something, said Zeev, whose best friend was murdered. I'm here to use my voice because I know he can't. Another parent, Carrie Gruber, recounted his son's text to him as the shooter attacked Stoneman Douglas last week, saying, If something happens, I love you. Gruber called for raising the gun, the age for gun purchases. If he's not old enough to buy a drink, he should not be able to buy a gun at 18 years old. This is That's just common sense. Trump told the group he would do something about this horrible situation that's going on in America, and that he hoped to figure it out together with those students, teachers, and parents gathered at the White House. We don't want others to go through this kind of pain that you've gone through, Trump said. A memorial for Meadow Pollock, one of the victims of the shooting in a park in Parkland, Florida, on Friday. Um, 
Sorry, that's not really tied to the article. Uh, Trump spoke about potential solutions to address the violence, expressing support for arming school officials and teachers and backing ending gun-free zone, which he said are a sign to shooters that let's go in and let's attack because bullets aren't coming back at us. The president concealed, conceded that concealed carry only works with people who are very adept at using firearms, but said that if one of the brave coaches in Parkland who tried to stop the shooter had a gun, he could have shot the shooter instead of running at him. While some parents present seemed to back the idea, Mark Barden, who lost his old son, spoke against it to some applause. And I talked about this in the other article. Uh, the president has said other potential uh, measures the administration was locked at, including stricter background checks and a greater focus on the mental health of potential gun buyers, as well as a change to the age of which individuals would be allowed to purchase weapons. Trump also said that the Parkland shooter should have been nabbed a number of times based on what we know about his struggles with mental health, adding that it was unfortunate that if you catch somebody with mental illness and say there's no mental institution to bring them to for treatment. In the days since the Parkland shooting, students who survived the attack have spoken out about the need for gun control and action from Washington to prevent more violence, and called for party politics and interest group allegiances to be put aside. But Parkland students who have captured national attention with their gun control activism followed the tragedy Following the tragedy, were not present at the White House Wednesday. One of them, Cameron Caskey, tweeted that it was because they were not invited. We don't have time to thank these people for taking half a step in the right direction. Trump himself has benefited from the endorsement and financial support of the National Rifle Association as a candidate as continued to be an outspoken supporter of gun rights as president. On Tuesday, the president directed the Justice Department to propose a rule that bans so-called bump stocks, that allow shooters to gauge gun triggers faster, cause them to fire at a rate similar to an automatic weapon. That move comes in response to America's deadliest mass shooting in Las Vegas last year. Trump has also tweeted in recent days about the need to strengthen background checks, but despite his expressions of willingness to take action, it is unclear how far the president will ultimately venture into the gun control debate. And I guess moving on from that to uh, NRA, uh, a statement from the NRA which... The head of the NRA, Wayne LaPierre, spoke at CPAC in the wake of the Florida shooting, mounting an unrepentant defense of gun rights. The head of the national, the powerful National Rifle Association has broken his silence more than a week after the Florida school shooting with a uh, vituperative attack on gun control advocates, accusing them of exploiting the tragedy, sorry, uh, exploiting the tragedy to push their agenda. Wayne Lapierre, whose lobby group faced an unprecedented challenge from the activism of students, including survivors of the massacre, sought to paint his opponents as elites and socialists hell-bent on undermining Americans' constitutional rights. The elites don't care not one whit about America's school system and school children, he told the Conservative Political Action Conference at the National Harbor in Maryland. If they truly cared, what they would do is they would protect them. For them, it's not a safety issue, it's a political issue. They carry more about they care more about control and more of it. Their goal is to eliminate the Second Amendment and our firearms freedoms so they can eradicate all individual freedoms. They hate the NRA, they hate the Second Amendment, and they hate individual freedom. Addressing a sympathetic audience of conservative grassroots activists, Lapierre continued, They fantasize about more laws stopping what other laws have failed to stop. So many existing laws were ignored. They don't care if their laws work or not. They just want to get more laws to get more control over people. But the NRA, the NRA does care. The massacre of 17 students and staff at Major Soman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida last week was the second deadliest shooting at an American public school and it spurred extraordinary protests across the country. 
The debate reached a watershed on Wednesday when students and teachers confronted U.S. Senators in a noisy town hall event televised live by CNN. They were raucous cheers for the idea of sweeping bans on assault weapons. LaPierre's name was initially kept off the agenda at the annual CPAC to protect him from the media scrutiny. The NRA often prefers to stay out of the spotlight in the wake of major shootings. LaPierre sought to put the warnings in the wider context of a socialist enemy within who said, opposite our fundamental freedoms enshrined in the Bill of Rights, he claimed that the Communist Manifesto and Karl Marx were ascendant on university campuses, describing socialism as a political disease. The NRA chief warned the packed ballroom, you should be anxious and you should be frightened if these so-called European socialists take over the House and Senate and, God forbid, they win the White House again. Our American freedoms could be lost and our country will be changed forever. And the first to go will be the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the right to bear arms. Pushing the same agenda on school security as Donald Trump, he insisted the whole idea from some of our opponents that armed security makes us less safe is completely ridiculous. If that's true, armed security makes us less safe. Let's go ahead and remove it from everywhere. He continued, We must immediately harden our schools. Everyday young children are being dropped off at school that are virtually wide open. Soft targets for anyone bent on mass murder. It should be easier for a madman to shoot up a school than a bank or jewelry store or some Hollywood gala. Schools should be the hardest target in this country. Evil must be confronted with all necessary force to protect our kids. He ended his speech, which was met with a standing ovation, by repeating the notorious mantra he had issued after the San Diego school shooting in Newtown, Connecticut in 2012. To stop a bad guy with a gun, it takes a good guy with a gun. And I actually saw something on social media where it says, uh, to stop a bad guy with a gun, it takes a good guy with a gun, just sounds like someone trying to sell two guns. Which is, also makes a lot of sense. In an earlier speech, the NRA national spokesman singled out the media for criticism. Dana Loesch said, Many in legacy media love mass shootings. You guys love it. Now, I'm not saying that you love the tragedy, but I'm saying that you love the ratings. Crying white mothers are ratings gold to you. Under intense public pressure, there have been speculation that Trump might use his credibility with Republicans to take on the NRA, one of his strongest backers. But on Thursday, he tweeted full support. What people don't understand or don't want to understand is that Wayne, Chris... That Wayne, meaning Wayne LaPere, Chris Cox, and the folks who work so hard at the NRA are great people and great American patriots. They love our country and will do the right thing. Make America great again. Sounds about right. Um, the president reaffirmed his proposal to address school shootings by giving some teachers guns, tweeting that it would be a great deterrent to killers, he suggested, and a little bit of a bonus for trained teachers who are armed. They give them a little bit of money for making them a stronger target for someone in a shooting. Uh, Trump, who held a listening session with students and parents on Wednesday, also said he would advocate for tightening background checks for gun buyers with an emphasis on mental health and lifting the age limit to 21 to buy some types of guns, policies less likely to please the powerful pro-gun lobby groups. And kind of speaking of Trump's meeting, which I talked about before, one of those interesting that really got spread across social media was regarding a note card that he had in his hand, or like a notepad, uh... Some of the notes he said here, like, um, there was five points he had. Uh, one was, what would you most want me to know about your experience? Number two was, what can we do to help you feel safe? Three was, do you, I think it's it's covered by his hand, but I think it says, do you think see something, say something is effective? Four is resources, question mark, ideas, question marks. And five is, I hear you. It was kind of surprising to see. I feel like in most cases... This would be something you already have in your head. You wouldn't need it as a reference. It looks kind of like 
someone giving a high school speech wanting bullet points to remember things they wanted to talk about. Especially the I hear you. I think that should be obvious and not something you need to make a note to yourself. And here's something I found that I thought was interesting that kind of going along with what the NRA was saying, and this is after everything that's happened. Uh, the NRA has been losing a lot of advertisers. And you've seen this a lot with things these days. If something becomes a problem, advertisers tend to drop the problem because it's just not good. We've seen it with uh, Papa John's. We've seen it with other uh, businesses or entities that advertise. Um, so since all this, the book NRA thing has been more of a an issue. Here's a list of companies that are participating in the NRA boycott. So the first Omaha National Bank was one of the first NRA businesses affiliated to cut ties with the group. And after sharing the news publicly, other organizations quickly followed suit. That include Delta and United Airlines, Allied Van Lines, North American Van Lines, Avis Budget Group, Hertz, Enterprise Holdings, which includes Alamo, Enterprise, and National, Starkey Hearing Technologies, MetLife, Chubb, Teladoc, TrueCar, Simply Safe, Semantic, which is the antivirus software, which also includes LifeLock, and Wild Apricot, which I have no idea what it is. Uh, a couple other big advertisers that actually still support them, which has caught them in a lot of hot water, is FedEx, Finesse Wines, Hotel Planner, Locked In, eHealth, Medical Concierge Network, Life Insurance Central, Manager ID, and Lifeline Screening. Um, these are all organizations that actively advertise on NRA sites or through other NRA media. Um, there's also this campaign going on to pressure Amazon to stop carrying NRA TV, the organization's 24-7 streaming channel. The NRA isn't happy about losing their business partners and quickly released a statement condemning the action. The NRA said, let it be clear, this is a tweet, uh, let it be clear the loss of a discount will neither scare nor distract one single NRA member from our mission to stand and defend the individual freedoms that have always made America the greatest nation in the world. Hashtag stand and fight. Hashtag NRA. Hashtag 2A. While it might seem like the NRA is impossible to defeat, powerful lobbying organizations have lost in the past. For example, tobacco companies exerted hefty influence over American politics for years. But as information about the toxic effects of smoking became public... Major reforms took place and smoking in America has continually decreased. Even more encouraging, people want change. Even lifelong pro-gun supporters are speaking out in support of common-sense gun laws because, let's be honest, thoughts and prayers never were enough. And I actually have the full statement uh, pulled up on my phone, and I'll throw it up on uh, social media. The more than 5 million law-abiding members of the National Rifle Association have enjoyed discounts and cost-saving programs from many American corporations that have partnered with the NRA to expand member benefits. Since the tragedy in Parkland, Florida, a number of companies have decided to sever their relationship with the NRA in an effort to punish our members who are doctors, farmers, law enforcement officers, firefighters, nurses, shop owners, and school teachers that live in every American community. We are men and women who represent every American ethnic group, every one of the world's religions, and every form of political commitment. The law-abiding members of the NRA have nothing to do with the failures of that school security, preparedness, the failure of America's mental health system, the failure of the national instant check system, or the cruel failures of both federal and local law enforcement. Despite that, some corporations have decided to punish NRA membership in a shameful display of political and civic cowardice. In time, these brands will be replaced by others who recognize the patriotism and determined commitment to constitutional freedom are characteristics of a marketplace that very much want to serve. Let it be absolutely clear the loss of all discounts from either scare nor distract one single NRA member from our mission to stand and defend the individual freedoms that have always made America the greatest nation in the world. 
which that last chunk was their tweet. I have a couple other things, too, that I'm probably going to throw up on my Facebook, things I've found uh, that I wanted to share. Um, but kind of want to go into my last thing, and this is kind of a summary of what I've talked about, and this episode's probably going to hit on the hour mark. But, so bees, or kind of how things go when you have a topic such as the gun control debate. And this is kind of a summary of what's kind of been going on since the shooting, and these are... Uh, seven con- control measures Congress could consider after the Florida shooting. Uh, Congress returned to Washington this week under new pressure to take action on gun control following the mass shootings at a Florida high school. Uh, Trump said, I see Congress wanting to act now for the first time. This is what he said on Friday. Here are seven gun proposals that are now in the mix following the deadly school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Um... Regarding background checks, Trump has vowed to strongly push for strengthening background checks for gun purchases, with an emphasis on ensuring that seriously mentally ill people can't acquire firearms. The president spoke with Senator John Cornyn, the Republican from Texas, last week about supporting a bill he co-authored with Senator Chris Murphy, the Democrat from Connecticut, that would bolster the federal background check system. Sorry, my cat just sneezed. Uh, The bipartisan fix... NICS, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System Act, would reinforce existing laws by ensuring that authorities report criminal records to the system and penalizing agencies that don't provide the following information to the FBI. Senate Marco Rubio has vowed to bring the legislation up under unanimous consent request on Monday, though it's unlikely to get unanimous agreement. The House has already passed similar legislation last December, but it was paired with a contentious bill to allow people to use permits for carrying concealed weapons across state lines. The concealed carry reciprocity measure is a major priority for the National Rifle Association and conservatives, but is staunchly opposed by Democrats. So basically, if there's concealed carry in one state that you uh, live in, then you can go to another state and still have that same law work for you. Which doesn't sound great. Uh, it's unclear, however, whether GOP leaders will be willing to delink the two issues in order to help pass a standalone background checks bill. It's also unclear whether Trump would support expanding the current background check system, which would go a step further than to f- than the fix NICS bill. Senator Pat Toomey, the Republican from Pennsylvania, is planning to revive a measure that failed to pass in 2013, which would have expanded background checks to cover sellers that otherwise have been able to skirt background checks, such as online sellers and unlicensed gun show dealers. Another thing involves age limits. One proposal quickly gaining steam in Congress in some states would impose new age limits on gun purchases. Trump and others have floated the idea of raising the minimum age requirement to buy a rifle from 18 to 21. Under federal law, gun dealers can't sell a handgun to anyone under the age of 21, but licensed gun dealers can sell long guns, which includes rifles, to anyone 18 and older. The suspected gunman in Parkland shooting was 19 years old and is believed to have purchased an AR-15 legally. We're going to go very strong into age of purchase, Trump told students, parents, and teachers gathered at the White House meeting on school safety. Senators uh, Jeff Flake and Dianne Feinstein are drafting bipartisan legislation that would raise the minimum purchase age for non-military buyers from 18 to 21. The idea is picking up some Republican support in the Senate, including from Rubio and Senators Pat Roberts, a Republican from Kansas. But the NRA still adamantly opposes raising the age limit, making it a tough sell in Congress, especially in the House. Raising the age is not going to solve psychosis, NRA spokeswoman Dana Loesch told CNN on Friday. Uh, Armed teachers. The most controversial idea that Trump has embraced is arming teachers and school administrators with guns in order to protect schools. Trump, who has sought to walk a fine line on gun control, has repeatedly reiterated 
uh, NRA talking points that gun-free school zones are soft targets and need to be hardened. He suggested offering bonuses to teachers who are willing to go through high-level training and carry concealed weapons in classrooms. When we declare our schools to be gun-free zones, it just puts our students in more danger. Well-trained, gun-adept teachers and coaches should be carrying concealed firearms. An armed teacher would have shot the hell out of the gunman who killed 17 people at Florida High School last week, Trump added. The proposal has sparked immense pushback from teachers, law enforcement, and members on both sides of the aisle. Some critics of the idea have also pointed out that there was an armed officer at the Parkland High School, but he was never went into the building when the shooter started opening fire on students and teachers. The president and others promoting arming teachers are delusional. Michael Steele, former chairman of the Republican National Committee, wrote on Twitter, Wake the hell up, people. There was a uniformed armed police officer on duty at Douglas High School, and he did nothing. And you expect teachers to do his job? Good point. Uh, Bump stocks. The administration has already taken some action on gun control since the Parkland shooting. Trump announced Tuesday that he he has directed the Justice Department to propose a ban on bump stocks, devices that allow semi-automatic weapons to fire much more rapidly. Mimicking automatic weapon fire. Trump's proposal breathed new life into an issue that has been stalled for months. GOP leaders and Trump had embraced such a ban after such devices were used in the Las Vegas shooting last October, but the effort faded amid disagreements over whether Congress or the administration was better suited to make the change. The gun lobby has not supported a ban, as instead called on the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives to review whether the devices comply with federal law and determine whether they should be subject to new regulations. While gun reform advocates called Trump's announcement as a step in the right direction, some Democrats were insisting that Congress codify a ban with legislation. Words are one thing, Mr. President, but we need meaningful action, Feinstein said in a statement. If you want these devices off the street, call congressional Republicans and tell them to stop blocking our bill. Also a good point. Uh, red flag laws. Since the suspect in the Parkland shooting was flagged repeatedly as a potential threat, many lawmakers are now advocating for so-called red flag laws, which would temporarily strip gun rights from people who are deemed to be dangerous. A group of Democrats in Congress, led by Rep. Salud Carbajal, Elizabeth uh, Esty, and Don Beyer, is pushing legislation allowing law enforcement and family members to petition judges to remove firearms from gun owners showing signs of violence or instability. Rubio has taken some heat from activists after the, floor, after the Parkland shooting has expressed support for the measure, which is already the law in the handful of states. Under federal law, only people who have been involuntarily committed to a mental hospital can have their gun rights taken away, a tougher standard than the red flag laws. But then I believe such laws could violate Second Amendment rights, which of course they would have that view. Uh, CDC research, a longtime Democratic priority on guns, has been to empower federal researchers at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention to treat gun violence as a public health issue, which is currently banned. An amendment that is added to annual spending bills says that none of the funds made available in this title may be used in whole or in part to advocate or promote gun control. Democrats have reiterated their calls to reverse the ban following the Parkland massacre. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Good Latte? Spelled like Good Latte. A Republican Virginia left the door open to rethinking the policy during a recent appearance on C-SPAN's Newsmakers. If it relates to mental health, then people then certainly should be done... I don't think it's inappropriate, particularly if the original author of that says it should be examined, to take a look at it. Uh, Assault weapons ban. After the Parkland shooting, both lawmakers and survivors of the shooting proposed reviving the assault weapons ban, but the measure faces the longest odds of any gun control measure proposed after the shooting. 
uh, Rep Ted Deutsch of Florida, who represents the district where the Parkland shooting took place, said he intends to introduce legislation next week to ban assault weapons such as the AR-15. Rep Brian Mast, a Republican from Florida who faces a competitive re-election race this fall, wrote an op-ed Friday that the Second Amendment guarantees the right to bear arms should not apply to all guns. But the White House has thrown cold water on the idea, which is fiercely opposed by the NRA, saying Trump does not support a ban on assault weapons. He campaigned for president and was opposed to the assault weapons ban, and his position hasn't changed on that. Florida State lawmakers on Tuesday refused to consider a ban a bill to ban assault weapons, despite students marching to Tallahassee supporting that legislation. And that's all the gun control news I think I can stomach to talk about today, and I'm going to definitely try to talk about gun control on next week's episode. I think next week I'm going to try and talk about maybe some better news, maybe some things that aren't quite as divisive or hard to talk about, and it'll be right after the Oscars, so maybe I'll have some thoughts about that if I don't get them all out during the Oscars foodies episode. And I guess really with that, that's really all I can think I can talk about. It's almost an hour again. So I want to thank you all for listening. If you like what you hear, uh, like us uh, on social media. I'm at The Poor Report on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in anything else we have on the network, you can check out our main network website, which is journeyintocomics.com. If you want to help us out, you can get early access to our episodes by going to patreon.com slash journeyintocomics, where for a dollar you get early access to our episode, and for three dollars you get access to some of our great offerings, as long as as well as early access, you get access to what we're doing right now, which is the Road to Infinity War, which is every show is reviewing two films that lead into Avengers Infinity War, which is coming out later in May. So... Some exciting things on there. I know there's more stuff worked out. I know there's been ideas that we've been talking about. And I have some ideas about additional content for this show. And other topics of stuff that I like. So I guess with that. Have a great week. Keep the debate lively. Don't belittle someone for having different opinions than you. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Regardless of how you personally feel about that opinion that they have. And just keep the conversation going. And that's it for this week. Thanks. Actually, let me leave you with what Obama said regarding the gun control debate at a town hall while he was president. The good guys, why then do you and Hillary want to control and restrict and limit gun manufacturers, gun owners, and the responsible use of guns and ammunition to the rest of us, the good guys, instead of holding the bad guys accountable for their actions? And Mr. President, if I may, I'd like to use Chicago, your hometown, a city that has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation, a city that for decades and still is under democratic control, a city that has an outrageous and even embarrassing murder rate mm -hmm. as my first example. Why can't we round up these thugs, these drug dealers and gang members and hold them accountable for their actions or allow the good people in Chicago access to firearms to protect themselves? Good. All right. Well, l let me it's a multi-part question, so, so let me just uh, say a couple things. First of all, uh, the notion that I or Hillary or Democrats or whoever you want to choose are hell-bent on taking away folks' guns is just not true. And, and 
I don't care how many times the NRA says it. I'm about to leave office. There have been more guns sold since I've been president than just about any time in U.S. history. There are, there are enough guns for every man, woman, and child in this country. And at no point have I ever, per, ever proposed confiscating guns from responsible gun owners. So it's just not true. What I have said is precisely what you suggested, which is why don't we treat this like every other thing that we use? We used to have really bad auto fatality rates. The auto fatality rate has actually dropped precipitously, drastically, since I was a kid. Why is that? We decided we had seatbelt laws. We decided to have manufacturers put airbags on in place. We decided to crack down on drunk driving and texting. We decided to redesign roads so that they were less likely to have a car bank. We studied what is causing this, these fatalities using science and data and evidence, and then we slowly treated it like the public health problem it was, and it got reduced. We are not allowed to do any of that when it comes to guns because people, if you propose anything, it is suggested that we're trying to wipe away gun rights and impose tyranny and martial law. Do you know that Congress will not allow the Center for Disease Control to study gun violence? They're not allowed to study it because the notion is, is that by studying it the same way we do with traffic accidents, somehow that's going to lead to everybody's guns being confiscated. When we talked about background checks, if you buy a car, if you want to get a license, First of all, you got to get a license. You have to take a test. <laughs> you have to, people have to know that you know how to drive. You don't have to do any of that with respect to buying a gun. And when we talked about doing effective background checks, it was resisted because the notion was we were going to take your guns away. I, I just came from a meeting today in the Situation Room in which I've got People who we know have been on ISIL websites, living here in the United States, U.S. citizens, and we're allowed to put them on the no-fly list when it comes to airlines, but because of the National Rifle Association, I cannot prohibit those people from buying a gun. This is somebody who is a known ISIL sympathizer, and if he wants to walk in to a gun store or a gun show right now and buy as much, as many weapons as ammo as, as he can, nothing's prohibiting from doing that, even though the FBI knows who that person is. So, sir, I, I just have to say respectfully that there is a way for us to have common sense gun laws. There is a way for us to make sure that lawful, responsible gun owners like yourself are able to use it for sporting, hunting, protecting yourself. 
But the only way we're going to do that is if we don't have a situation in which anything that is proposed is viewed as some tyrannical destruction of the Second Amendment. And that's how the issue too often gets framed. 